Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. That's a bald eagle. Get a wig, baldy! Yeah! Hello! Good evening. Good evening and good evening. This is The Wart with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight on GovsRadio.com. Brand new website for everyone to check out tonight. Really appreciate everyone. Appreciate everyone for checking us out. We also tonight on Facebook Live. We are also on YouTube Live. And tonight we are here with our friend, our pal, Rob Raffa of Uber Geek Brewing Company. What's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? What up? There he is. Uh, again, thank you very much for being on the show. We're going to kick it off really quick uh, on our International Women's Day with our friends over at Rosie's Draft Solutions. Steve, take it away, buddy. Yes, Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. Uh, They are extremely passionate about craft beer and making sure that uh, it's the same quality as it left the brewery. Uh, And it's, it's only done one way. You gotta make sure those lines are perfectly professionally clean. And that's what they do. Uh, Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator system installs and maintenance. Uh, they service the likes of uh, buddies over at WA Meadworks, Blue Point Brewing, Darling Brewing, 1940s, uh, and of course our buddies over at Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Uh, you can reach Rosie's Draft Solutions at Rosie's Draft Solutions at gmail.com or call them at 631-219-2075 Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mention the wart for a special discount. Oh, you're going to get 10% off your order, service or hardware. Mention, of course, the wart. Call Nick. You heard the phone number. Get it done. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yeah. Let's swing it over to uh, Petre. Petre, tell us a little bit about... Our friends over at Brewers, uh, not Brewers Hardware, Beer Maker. What am I talking beer about? Maker. Beer Maker, baby. Beer Maker. Our newest Goodbye. sponsor, Beer Maker. Uh, it is all green brewing on a countertop system. You can make a gallon of beer at a time. They've got recipes uh, you can you can purchase and brew in your system. It connects to an app on your phone for uh, iOS or Android. You can use your own ingredients. You can use adjuncts. 
You can dry hop. You can fucking double dry hop if the mood so strikes you. Right on your countertop, it connects to your phone. It'll give you the app. Will give you updates on uh, what's going on with the system. Everything's self-contained to keep everything nice and clean and sanitary. You get up on your phone when to use your add your adjuncts, when to dry up your beer. And then most importantly, it tells you when your beer is done and ready to carve and serve. Fucking great. We're <laughs> brewing it this weekend. Yes, we Go are. Beer Maker. Beer Maker on Instagram. R or Instagram, wherever. Either way, you'll get there. MKR. Google them. They're out there. Lots of great YouTube videos. Do we have a promo code for them yet? We are probably going to be getting a promo code and potentially a giveaway coming up in the next month or two. So we'll have it as part of our, uh, I guess, summer bash as uh, things start kicking off. And uh, we'll have one to uh, hopefully uh, hand out to one of our lucky listeners. So stay tuned for that. Tonight, we're also sponsored by VintageBeerShirtClub.com. VintageBeerShirtClub.com for your vintage beer t-shirt. Go ahead and type in the promo code WARTWRT to receive a percentage off your first order. And moving forward in your monthly subscription, get it all at VintageBeerShirtClub.com. We're also sponsored by Brewers Hardware. Uh, thanks a lot for Brewers Hardware for uh, sending us some stuff that we uh, end up hanging handed out to our brewer guests. We have to re-up with him. I got to get back in touch with him, but we got some stuff to give out. Uh, throughout the next few months, uh, doing us great job out there at brewershardware.com. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions throw out there, uh, you know, uh, Hartwell Woodshop, and uh, of course, our buddy Mark over at Hopscotch uh, Bottle Shop in Deer Park. Thanks a lot, Mark, for everything you guys uh, have done for us in uh, social media and uh, the contacts we've had through you, and of course, for holding on to and getting us the beer that we so desperately like. Like, for instance, uh, Uber Geek Brewing Company beers at Hopscotch. Oh, I thought you were going to crack it, Pete. That would have been crazy. I did. Oh, well, we didn't hear it, you son of a gun. Anyway, we have Rob Raffi here in the house. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, Uber Geek Brewing Company. We were there this weekend for, and inevitably, we we have to brag about it. We were there for the first brew Mm -hmm. under the new roof with the name... And uh, you were extremely happy as how everything turned out. Before we get to all those brewing things that we watch you do, you sexy little man running around the brewery, just boom, 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 like like <laughs> emerald in the kitchen. It's crazy. Uh, we want wow. to uh, start a little bit with you, uh, kind of where you came from, uh, because this is quite a journey that we've come to find out how you've gotten to where you are. It's a, uh, a, a great telling story. So go ahead and uh, let the audience know and before you do that, again, if you get cut out on Instagram Live, which we are right now, um, go over to govsradio.com, and we are also live over there. Also Facebook and YouTube, but I like govsradio.com. It's a nice little new website. So, Rob, tell us about your journey, please. Okay. Well, you, you really hyped that up. Uh, man, hey. I really got to tell a good story now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So everything started uh, probably like, what, seven years ago now? And uh, I have to, I got to give it to my sister. She uh, got me one of those Mr. Beer kits. And, yes. Uh, man, it was so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, I did an Oktoberfest and it was just, oh, uh, it was, it, looking back now, I can just totally map out every single thing that I did wrong. Number <laughs> one, I put it in the kitchen on a high sh- shelf right above the oven. Oh, so it was just all that hot air. Go. Just, yeah. So I, I think I fermented my Oktoberfest, you know, lager Oktoberfest <laughs> at about maybe like 95 degrees. That's about right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not so, right. Uh, what do you mean? So that's that's perfect. Started. That's perfect. Tenor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so after that, naturally, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to totally do this for a living. Um, actually, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, uh, I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to do this right. I got to figure out like I, what went wrong. And it bothered me so much that I just couldn't nail it out the gate. Uh, so I did what a lot of uh, homebrewers do. And I just bought all the all grain equipment I possibly could that my bank account would allow me to do. <laughs> and I dove in like, oh, I'm going to design all these things. And I, uh, I brewed a, uh, a double IPA that probably okay. about like a couple weeks later. And it, uh, it came out to the gravity of probably about like a pale ale. Mm. So yet again, really bad mistake. Okay. I, uh, I think I louder. Hold on. I think we may have lost you for a second there. Hold on. It's cut now. Um, Hold on, Rob, go back to that. Cause I think you cut out on the, uh, on the zoom for a second. Oh, how far back? Not. Yeah, just uh, you said yeah, all all green and all that other good stuff. So something dropped yeah. out there. I don't know what happened. Okay, well, uh, yeah. So I went and bought all this all green all green equipment, and mm -hmm. I thought that that was going to fix everything. And uh, no, it did not. I uh, I brewed a double IPA, and it came out like a pale ale in uh, gravity. And uh, yeah, it it goes to show you like you can have all the tools in the world, but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it was after that that I was like, all right, I'm going to read every single thing I possibly could read. So I went on Amazon. I just kept buying books after books and just tearing through them, uh, looking at like literature, just trying to see uh, what was like current in academia, just to get relevant and stay up on just newer stuff. Right. And um, then I ended up volunteering for a quick summer at uh, Brickhouse Brewing uh, with uh, Paul Komzik, who's Ooh. now the... Uh, yeah, the uh, the brewmaster over at Ghost. We saw and him our, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, actually, around that time is when I met Paul, which is kind of funny. Nice. Um, and then also at the time, the brewmaster was uh, Arthur Zimmerman at uh, Brickhouse, who left to go to uh, Colorado a few years back. Uh, so yeah, so I did a I did a, a summer with them, and then uh, Mustache threw up a post of like, "Hey, we're hiring," and I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Hmm. So. I threw my hat in the ring on that one and uh, they brought me in and they liked me enough that they, uh, they kept me employed <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of grew throughout the years there. We, uh, I got to see the entire space evolve from the very beginning. Mm. I think I came on board when they were only open for a couple months. Um, really? So, All right. Yeah. So Back they started they the, a little tasting room. Yeah. The little, yeah, the tiny, yeah, if anybody remembers that tiny tasting room on the other side, uh, you know, like the, the southwest facing side, uh, with yep. the big garage door that was open. So the original uh, mustache, it started out kind of like a homebrew on steroids. You know, we had those, uh, the boiler makers, those 55 gallon kettles with the extensions on the top. And I don't know if anyone's ever brewed with the extensions on the top, like anything new age like anything with a ton of wheat in it or oats or rye you're asking for a stuck mash oh, it, no. is, it is just that it is way too tall yeah and, and, and then, be, yeah exactly they need to be a bit wider um yeah. so we did that for a few years um we ended up realizing that you know things are getting really good and we need more we need more product so we ended up getting set this is good we ended up getting seven barrel fermenters you're still using the two barrel uh, Blickman boil kettles. So 
we're brewing to try we're brewing we're doing triple brew days just to fill these damn things we bought two of them and it just it got crazy and then luckily cbc came around and we were on the uh, the expo floor mm. and we saw this beautiful shell of a of a seven barrel brew house and we were like oh we, we gotta have this oh yeah and, uh there's actually a picture you can find somewhere online i wish it was like one of those cool things i can be like oh and here's the picture and it pops up <laughs> but i don't, I don't there it is but it's there somewhere. Maybe we'll tag it in, in something. Nice. I, I remember being at that CBC and I was with Jamie uh, Partridge, who mm -hmm. used to work for, for me over at Barrage and he, he was with Port Jeff. And we had heard that Mustache had purchased that system and we went over to look at it and we were like going to play like a joke. We were going <laughs> to tell the guy, hey, man, all right, we're going to give you an extra $20,000 for it. Uh, but you got to call them up now and tell them they, they can't have it. And we thought about it for a few minutes, like, yeah, that'd be funny. And then we're like, no, nah, that would fucking be mean. bro. <laughs> we can't do that. They're already yeah. counting their cash. They're like, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. No, especially like when Lori was like a demon. As soon as we decided like, oh, we're going to get this. They were like, okay, well, you got to figure all this shit out. And Lori's like, okay. And she's like calling up people, getting like logistics together, getting a freight company together to get this thing shipped. And I'm like, all right, I have no idea how to do this at the time. <laughs> and I still don't even think I could figure that one out. But yeah, she was just like, oh, boom, 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 boom. All right, cool. We figured it out. We know how we now we can get this thing over you know, and get it home. But um, so that system is actually the system that we currently now have in the facility. So it's a. Uh, it's kind of cool to still, uh, you know, still be looking at and using the, uh, you know, the the brew house. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we ended up using that system for a few years, and we ended up getting a lot more tanks in, a couple uh, like three 15 barrel tanks, and okay. it definitely made our brew days so much easier. You know, using a properly sized brew house. Sure. Um, so we did that, and then. Uh, it got to a point where I kind of wanted to start doing my own thing. And uh, I ended up leaving Mustache at the end of 2018. And I, uh, I started the Uber Geek brand. And it took me about a year or so to get all the licensing in place. Um, I actually set up an alternating proprietorship with another local brewery, uh, North Fork Brewing. Ah, nice. And yeah, so Pete and Ian over there uh, took me in. And the great thing is that Pete used to be um, my assistant when I was at Mustache. So it's all just everybody's all connected in the Riverhead area. Uh, I love the community that we formed out there. Uh, so let's see. Uh, North Fork took me in and I started, um, you know, nomadically brewing. I would uh, rent out time in their system brew package and then push everything out wholesale and i did that for about a year and like three months and uh then uh i ended up moving into the mustache facility and uh now here i am at 400 hallett avenue in riverhead and uh using a system that i've used for four years i'm very intimate with i i know everything about that thing and that's why you know you guys came in on the first brew day and i'm just run around be like yep pull this pull this do this do that it just all came back to me that first brew day it was kind of crazy i didn't think it was going to come back that easy <laughs> the number of like uh, you, you seem like you didn't lose a beat you were, you no. were all over that thing the number of levers you have to move and manipulate 
is what baffles me. I know I see, I see you. I was watching you. You're going, okay, this goes there, and then that goes there. And this, in your head, you're just working out the whole you know signal flow. As an audio engineer, you got kind of do the same thing. All right, this one goes to that, and that goes to this. And this. So you're sitting there just crank, 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 crank. And you did it like four times. I'm like, wow, how the hell do you remember that? Boom, boom, boom. Well, here's, here's the thing is, and I'm sure Steve can attest to this. Most brew houses don't have that many levers. It's <laughs> yeah. a little over-engineered. Yeah. And I'm the guy that engineered that in the first place. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> so here, here's here's why. Here's Whoops. why. Here's why. When we bought the system, it was literally a shell. It was a boil kettle and a mash tun. That's it. And a, and a, and a deck. There's open ports coming out of both of those tanks, and we had to figure out the plumbing. So we had to get a heat exchanger. We had to get two pumps, one for the mash ton, one for the boil kettle. And then we got a whole bunch of soft tubing and I'm like, okay, well, we got to figure out how to make this work efficiently and make everything flow the way we need to flow and be able to, excuse me, uh, do the processes that we want. You know, what we want it to whirlpool. We want to make sure there's no cross flow having things. Uh, I don't want, you know, clean beer coming into contact with a pipe that, already had beer that we loudered through or something like that. So that's why it looks so Susy. I call it like Susy and like Dr. Seuss. Because right. it really is all over the place. It does. It's great. But it works. It right. works very well. And <laughs> um, so you have all those things just basically as as safety levers. In case one thing goes there, you can quickly shut that off, stop that flow, move it from there to there. Your heat exchanger is in behind the brew kettle, right? That was what you were going to. Yeah. So that thing is a pain in the ass. Um, I love, I love the heat exchanger. It's great. We, uh, we got a 15 barrel heat exchanger. Actually, we oversized it. We just wanted to be sure, yeah. uh, which is great in the future for when I, you know, want to expand eventually, uh, I can just get the 15 barrel brew house. I don't have to get the heat exchanger because I already have the heat exchanger. Right. <laughs> um, but the thing is such a pain in the ass. It is so incredibly heavy and dense. Uh, cause we, here's the thing is when you clean them, yes, you can clean them with all the tubing and you know flushing back and forth, but you're supposed to pull it out like every six months and yep. separate the plates and check for damage, check for anything. So in order to do that, I have to pull it out from behind the brew house. And oh, you gotta you gotta put on a hand cart, you gotta have like two people moving this thing and you barely even tip it back. It is uh so dangerous thing drops you're gonna lose a toe in a second. You don't have much room to maneuver back there either because you got a lot of the plumbing back there as well. So try to maneuver around all that. Plus the brew kettle itself. Mm -hmm. It's tight, tight, yeah. tight spot. So eventually, make it work. yeah, eventually we're going to move the um, the heat exchanger in front of the brew house off to the side of the boil kettle just to make it easier to clean. Because when yeah. it's back there, you really dread doing the proper thing, which is, you know, your standard maintenance. Um, but if it's in the front, I mean, it's, it's not really a chore anymore. You know, it just takes you half a day. They always tell me party in the back, but that doesn't seem like a party to me. <laughs> it depends on how you look at it, man. No. <laughs> Business in the front. Yeah. Party in the back. Uh, unless you're a psychopath. No, <laughs> it's not a party. <laughs> a couple people checking in on Instagram, uh, New Jersey beer shares saying hello. The lady Brewsters yeah, who were you awesome. with them today? I was, not, I was not with them today. Okay. You you do you did post a lot of pictures through uh Uber Geek. So I was wondering yeah. if you were even part of that or at least being in, in there and hanging out. But they uh they uh were on our show. Actually, they were the last show before the quarantine, uh with um uh right. what's it Rob Sheila from Eastern Front? 
Uh, who's who's the brewer at Eastern Front? It was Eastern Front. Yeah, it was Eastern Front. Doug, thank you. It was Doug from Eastern Front. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we had Michelle from North Fork, and we had Sheila from Long Ireland. Yep. And uh, what? Uh, I I didn't quite see what beer they were brewing. Do you know what they have were putting in the tank? It was a um, orange blossom, and I believe guava. Uh, beer, but they can jump in and yell at me if I was wrong on that one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've kind of like tried to take my hands off the reins on this. You know, there are eight breweries that are participating in this, and um, you know, I'm I'm very limited with respect to staff. So it's it's literally uh, you know it's only three people right now that we're you know that we're working with at Uber Geek. Yeah, so plus you had... guys just started brewing this weekend, so it's tough to kind of fill a tank right now when you got to get yourself up and running. Right, right. So we had our two other staff members. So uh, Jeannie and Lisa were down there. And oh, cool. They, yeah. So they uh, were working as you know the representatives for the brewery, um, and you know I, it's you know they all the decisions are in all of their hands. I mm. mean, I've been just standing on the periphery and just saying, "Yep, do what you want to do for this." So, so Lady you know. Brewster's checking in. They say it was a guava and orange blossom honey IPA. Okay, yeah, so there you I go. Right you were right there with the address. Nice work. Yeah. Um, and yes, they said it was Doug from Eastern Front. I couldn't think of his first name. I get so confused sometimes with so many people we've had in. Uh, Doug's a great guy. We, again, had them in right before the pandemic, and it was uh, a lot of fun with the girls and Doug. Uh, who else is checking in? The Brewster's Club is saying what's up. Our buddy Rob from West Babylon Superstar saying, you yeah, yeah, Rob. Uh, Beer Punks, uh, Three Punks Ales, uh, Sal- Smalone. Smalone, he's saying what's up. Uh, Captain Small Swami Swami, sure. Uh, Lisa actually, Lisa's checking in saying hi. Nice, um, hey, Lisa. Heshish, hesh, heshish, snob. It's a lot of shush, shush, shush. Um, and uh, GSP, I don't know who you are. And then, uh, oh, Steve Palminski's checking in. Very nice. Aww. Hi, Steve. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Heard that guy's um, yeah, so you guys, you know, uh, it, hey. it started this adventure. You kind of walked <laughs> into this. Give us the, the background of how you acquired your space now, as we know, formerly of Mustache. Yes. Um, how that kind of process ended up being right time, right place kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I so I was, <clears throat> sorry, one second. <clears throat> I saw the fuzz like an hour ago and I'm still trying to deal with it. <clears throat> it's all that, that baby toy. All that stuff gives off the. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. The dander, the dander of the stuffed plush toys. Mm. Whenever it comes to, to parenting, though, the answer is to just drink more. Yeah. Agreed. You know what? I'm working on that. I'm, I'm working my <laughs> way up. Uh, Owning you know, a brewery will help. So yeah. I think you're on, I think you're on the right track. Right there. path. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was producing a NOFO for a while and, uh, I started seeing, you know, my demand was going up and I was like, okay, this is, a this is starting to hit a point where it's not sustainable. Uh, Pete was, you know, Pete and Ian, they, uh, their production was going up. My production was going up and they only have a limited amount of space. So, you know, something's got to give. And what, a, what the easiest thing to give is me because, you know, it's not my place. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah and, I, and, I'm, and i'm very thankful for everything they've done for me um so i mean i wasn't you know i wasn't really uh heartbroken when they were like uh you know it's getting tight so it forced me and this is the thing I, that i've said several times recently hmm. i always get hung up on when life forces you in a direction and i gotta say almost every single time that life has ever forced me in a direction that I'm, I'm like kicking and screaming against it it always works out so much better than whatever i had planned 
<laughs> that's good. That's not a bad day. That's awesome. Yeah, no, no, it is a great thing. But just in the moment, you're like, oh, I don't want to. Like, no, no, no. So well, originally, well, things I, I have to my, do. I, I had it in my head that I was going to be a nofo for like two years. Yeah. And just kind of like playing it safe and just like feeling out, you know, doing uh, proof of concept and then maybe, you know, getting a tasting room going. And and then it, it was quickly showing that it's just that's not going to happen. So I needed to think like, all right, what's uh, you know, what what can I do? And, uh, you know, I uh, eventually I ended up uh, going out on a limb and just approaching Matt and Lori and be like, hey, have you guys ever consider, you know, like selling the place and it, this was literally a shot in the dark and uh you know they they were just like ah. and then eventually they came back and were like you know what maybe so you know we started talking and uh you know very quickly uh we were in uh you know negotiations on things and boom it just happened it, it was it's it's been like the craziest uh whirlwind lately what uh when did you acquire the space like i guess legally and and literally when did you say all right this is mine now uh le- everything it was uh beginning of march so wow. like, 7 days ago jesus okay. christ so so you were brewing so no within... backsies official is what we're, <laughs> we're we're the stage we're in no backsies yes yeah 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 this is this is no back yeah no backsies <laughs> which is which is fine i mean i'm in my glory right now we uh you know, we're cranking out. We we brewed that beer on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brewed another beer today. I've got two more brews going in this week. And, uh, you know, we're doing packaging at the end of this month. And nice. we're going to be, you know, ready to open on, you know, grand opening April 2nd. You know, A couple of people are uh, checking in Shelter Island Pale Ales or just pales saying what's up. Um, again, Rob over at Superstar saying uh, never, uh, hashtag never give up, never surrender, Rob. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's his motto. No, yep. Definitely won't. And uh, the folks over at North Fork, I'm not sure who's uh, navigating the their Instagram, whether it's Michelle or whether it's Ian or Pete, but uh, they joined and said, "Hey, oh, what's oh, up, guys? What's guys, there, dude. dude I, I, we were we've talked about it a few times, um, and and this is no shot at Pete. Ian is a GD scientist. I mean, this guy is." Like Bunsen beakers everywhere. I'm surprised he wasn't wearing a lab coat on the show that he was on with us. He has so much knowledge. We, I think our show that night lasted about three and a half hours just because of the in-depth analysis on things like yeast strains and cultivating and brewing uh, processes. A lot of it was running over my head at the time. This was probably like a year ago, maybe a little more then. And, you know, I've solely absorbed a lot of it, but the amount of knowledge those guys have and to reach out and to help you along the way, uh, you know, obviously awesome for them and awesome for you learning alongside of them. How has that experience kind of, uh, changed or shaped the way you brew, uh, in your new space? Um, so, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, me and the guys at NOFO, like we kind of cut our teeth all at the same time. And uh, we're constantly just bouncing ideas off of each other. And I think the best thing that happened in the NoFo space during the alt prop is that it just acted as an incubator for ideas. You know, I'd come in and be like, oh, I'm thinking of this. And they'd be like, oh, I'm thinking of this. What do you think of this? And we're just, you don't get that too often where you have two breweries that are so intimate together 
that they can just cross and share ideas and bounce yeah. things off of each other and take like, you know, take uh, inspiration from other things that they've done, other beers that they've done, and be able to kind of cut around a lot of that, um, you know, like pilot brewing kind of stuff. So, right. you know, so they, there's no pilot system there. And uh, a lot of the brewing that I've done in the past hasn't been on a pilot system either. So when brewers can communicate certain things to each other, then like, oh, I've never used these ingredients before and be able to help you out maybe with like dosing rates or some sort of synergistic effects, it goes, it goes a long way, you know, just to make sure that your product is going to be what you want it to be in the end. Yeah. I mean, so, it's got to be uh, almost, you know, nervous, like anxiety driven, driven when you have a 15 barrel that you got to fill and it, you haven't tested out in the pilot system. You got to trust a lot of what I guess Pete and Ian know from their system, plus what you brought along with your experience to make sure that what you're going to do isn't just a total waste of money. Right. Yeah. No, you got to, you got to just lean on your training. You really do. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that goes for a lot of other fields. Um, and given, given enough time, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I feel very comfortable jumping in on, you know, just kind of shooting from the hip on something and just kind of crafting on the fly. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know, granted you come up with something weird, some really weird ingredient or, what yeah. like pure Idaho? I mean, yeah, like pure like Idaho. Yeah. Give yourself pure Idaho malt. It, it, it took you long enough. Thirty-one minutes. Take you thirty-one minutes, Steve. Uh, you're gonna have to um, get and elaborate on that, Steve. W what is what's the inside joke for the audience at home? And really quick before you go into that, uh, Tim Saliani's checking in on Instagram. Sham Max checking in on Instagram, saying what's up. Tim wanted to be part of the show uh, and asked for a video request, but Tim, I can't go back and forth with you on my phone. It's only a one-way street on this one, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Tim could be on the show anytime. Just ask and you can come on any show that you will want to hang out with a guest on. It's all good. Just send in your questions or uh, go ahead and uh, throw some comments and I'll read them on the air. Uh, so go ahead, Steve, explain to us. So this, uh, uh, this past weekend when we, you know, we showed up to see, see Rob and, and, you know, just do a little impromptu, uh, some little questions before uh, we call pre-production in the field. To do the show, yeah. uh, it just so happened too. Paul Comstock from Ghost is there, you know, and we're all buddies. And him and I are talking on the side, and he just looks down, and I look down, and we both look at each other, and like, "What the fuck is pure Idaho malt?" We had never seen this malt before, and and of course we were like, "Was it potatoes? What the fuck? What's in this thing?" <laughs> And and so now that's going to be and actually I had to laugh because yesterday Rob sent me a picture of him milling in the pure Idaho, and and I, I was just like and it just so happened also at that moment I had gotten a text from Paul, uh, and it I said hey and by the way this is what Rob just sent me he he was dying, he's like yeah pure Idaho what the fuck, yeah it's uh it's grain that's grown off of uh you know Idaho potatoes. There you um, go. <laughs> hey, you but what is that like? Of course it, it is. Yeah, no, well, but I don't kind of understand. So you have a potato, but it grows a shoot out of the <laughs> ground, right? No, no. <laughs> and then right, they, they so, come in. <laughs> but you need right. Matt Damon to grow it in his own shit. Oh, right. oh there you go. <laughs> the Marshall so references. Here's, here's, here's the deal. This is the Pure Idaho came from. Uh, Pure Idaho, I'm sure some of you guys, uh, the homebrewers may be uh, familiar with it. It's from uh, Great Western. Uh, supplier and uh the reason why it's in my brewery is uh because <laughs> the reason why it's here and bamboozled into buying it 
No. All right. So here, here's the thing is right now I've been in a transition where I'm making a certain amount of beer and I've been making a certain amount of beer for freaking 15 months. And now I'm jumping in volume, like, you know, by probably about six or seven times. So there's a supplier that I currently work with and I sent him an email like, Hey, here's what I'm looking for. And it was like, I need all this pills and more, all this stuff. And he's like, ah, I was like, you know, like you don't normally order this much. I'm like, no, no, no. Like we're, we're off to the races right now. There's a lot of things going on. So he's like, all right, well, I've got this pills for you. I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, and then I got to cut in some of this pills to make up the amount that I need. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and then last I got this pure Idaho pills and malt. I'm like, okay. Do you have any other? No. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's take it. So, Did they give you a, a rundown on what people are using it for? I mean, I'm sure you could just look it up and what people are are substituting it oh, for. Oh no, he just said, "Oh, it's fifty something dollars a bag." Here you go, you sucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, no. It's it's just a standard mall that just happens to be extremely expensive. But in that moment, I'm like, "All right, beggars can't be choosers. I need this malt right now." Yeah. And uh, you know, luckily in future orders. That won't be a problem because now everybody know like at least my suppliers know like okay you're gonna need this amount of this kind of grain and uh yeah now, maybe i'll just get a token bag one bag of the pure idaho just from, keep one around all the time just yeah. keep that one around you, you save, you save the bag itself do? you know what i'm gonna do steve i'm, I'm gonna send it to your house yeah mountains and craggly grand talons like golden fields of barley perfection it's here to the west of the Great Divide, where we craft our renowned pure Idaho malt. There you go. I gotta, I gotta give it to them though. The back of the bag yeah. is really nice. They've got like a, <laughs> it's, it's a really nice bag. I've seen and people that's what turn you look for in your malt is a yeah. really nice bag. Well, I've seen, I've seen people turn malt bags into actual like recyclable to-go bags. Yes. So that'd be really oh, that nice. Was, uh, South Forty was doing it. Oh yeah, that's right. They were South yeah. 40 South Jersey. Forty was taking their malt bags and and I guess they were sewing it together and creating. Yeah. I don't know, that that just takes time. I don't understand how they had yeah, it, but I guess. Quilt. Yeah, I think his his wife or his girlfriend uh, was was taking all the empty bags and turning them into you know to yeah. go bags, which is really cool for like recycling. Oh, yeah. And they're really sturdy. They're really you know that's hardcore. Upcycling. It's upcycling. Right. That's upcycling. true too. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're going to be taking our grain bags and using them as trash bags just to give them one more use. <laughs> yeah, go. as they should. Um, uh, so Laughing Monk Brewery Brewing is checking and saying what's up. And then Rob uh, over at Superstar says, send it to Steve's house, a full pallet. <laughs> full pallet. We'll oh. use it in the beer maker for every base malt that we need. There you go. There you go. Uh, for the next 15,000 <laughs> recipes we do. Hey, a, uh, gal- Rob, a gallon Rob, at a time. Uh, are you a microbrewer or farm brewer? You know, what license did you keep? Yeah, so I am a farm. Uh, I'm going to also be a combined craft very soon. So okay. getting Good. all that mixed in. Now, um, I know prior to the pandemic, people that were waiting on their licensing and their certifications took a while. Uh, it, has that let up? Is it easy to get it now? A couple week turnaround, a couple month turnaround? What's it looking like? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I'm not in the process right now of like uh, the extended process. It's still about six months. Okay. What I do know is that um, the change of my uh, license from NOFO over to uh, the Mustache location mm-hmm. was very quick because you're already a licensed brewery right. and Mustache already had all of their uh, materials that the SLA would need. So it was a very quick process yeah. to get bumped in there. 
What's and, the and, difference between a craft uh, license and a uh, microbrewery? Yeah. Yeah, so there's the microbrewer and there's the farm. The um, I feel like the lines on those licenses have blurred over the years. And I see that smirk on Steve because he knows what I'm talking about. Is yep. in the beginning, the whole appeal, um, like, all right, the farm brewer license is supposed to, is it, the whole design of it is to promote agriculture right. and to keep everything, you know, locally sourced to, uh, to New York State. And I think originally when people were getting that license, they used it for another reason. And that reason was that it allowed you to serve pints in your tasting room. Really? Originally. Yeah. And yeah. prior to that, you couldn't, you could only do tasters. Right. Really? So you had to like mm. get around it by being like, oh, buy this glass and it happens to come with beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I remember makes sense. that, bro. I yeah. remember that all too. I remember we were just open and we had opened in like, uh, I want to say like March, right, right in that range. And all we could do were growlers to go and a little taste. And then that December, um, Governor Cuomo had passed a bill that you were able to serve pints. Mm. But yeah, breweries that were already open were like, hey, yeah, uh, well, I can't sell you any beer, but if you buy this glass for 12 bucks, uh, you can keep it and it comes with a free beer in it. Nice. So Done. It was, it, well, and then I'll refill it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happens. Continuously. Yes, yeah, <laughs> throughout the day. I, you know what? Out of all the stipulations in that farm brewer's license, I didn't realize that was in there. I don't think I remember it not being think, pints yeah, in the tasting room. And, <laughs> and it's funny because I, I don't remember a time where you didn't, but yet I've been doing, I've been going to breweries for, you know, 10, 12 years. So I, I uh, think one of the bigger things besides, you know, it's also you get some tax relief. Yeah. Uh, is you're also able to sell any New York State liquor spirit any new york or state wine, wine right any new york state cider, cider. Mm-hmm. and that's that's huge yeah. i mean normally if you're you're serving liquor you've got to get a whole nother license on top of what you you know you already have so and and the fact you can open a second even a third location too open, right that was yes, a big you can one open satellite uh, tasting rooms yeah i think yeah, that was a draw too for a lot of the bigger guys that could do greenport for instance you know having their you know, main facility out in Greenport and then going into uh, the Peconic area was a big, big deal for them well, because it, it just it, increases space for storage, increases revenue for drinking, all that stuff. Just it means... helps out uh, St. James because oh, yeah, of course. St. Yep. James wasn't allowed to open a tasting room where he, where, he, where the actual brewery is. Yep. So by having that, I mean, obviously now, you know, where they are now, um, they have a great tasting room. So yeah. good spot, good place. Uh, Rob, I did see uh, some of these those New York spirits at the bar. Are you going to continue possibly having that on uh, part of your repertoire there? Yeah, 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 we will. Um, so Better Man doesn't know this yet, but I will be reaching out to them. Uh, <laughs> they know uh, now. They do now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're able to have a New York State farm dist- uh, you know, distilled products in there. And uh, I think Mustache was doing a really good thing with um, having a very short list menu of uh, cocktails. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. We're, um, you know, we're, we're also playing with some other ideas with respect to uh, using interesting ingredients, uh, not just with the spirits themselves, but also with the beers that we produce and you know, some other options. Yeah, like uh, beer, beer well. cocktail kind of stuff. Right, exactly. And I could see a nice little bit of rum going into this tart uh, ale here. And uh, 
Sure. I mean, there's so much, so many possibilities. I mean, I even, I might, uh, let's see what I got here. I got Malibu. Why don't you put some uh, brandy in there? Uh, Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. I got some Tommy Bahama. You can throw that in there. Yeah. Throw a little bit in. I could throw it in there and see what happens. I don't know how much uh, New York state rum is being developed. A lot of of potato vodka. I have not seen any rum. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of sugarcane plantations. Right, yeah, it's, a, so. it's hard to pick up on those. The weather isn't quite what it should be here on Long Island Actually, to I grow sugarcane. I believe Sag Harbor, Sag Harbor does a rum. Oh, really? Okay. Well, oh. they might import oh. maybe the everything and then just distill it here. Mm. That could be. Hey, uh, Rob. Uh, so everybody knows if you you know they were had gone to Mustache uh, in the tasting room. Uh, you're going to actually kind of make it your own, you know, tell us uh, what you, what you have planned for the, the tasting room once it, it gets open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to answer that, I got to backtrack a little bit. Um, yeah, we're going to be opening, having the grand opening uh, April 2nd and nice. I've had a couple of people come up to me and they're like, how, how are you doing this? You're flipping this in a month. And the easy, the easy way to say this is, you know, the, the facility is the turnkey. You know, the yeah. system, everything is already there. Yep. The brew house is already set up. Everything's already plumbed in. And not only that, I've used it for years. Then there's the tasting room, which is all technically already set up. I could have opened up the first day. I could have opened up March 1st. I already had some beer and kegs. If I really wanted to, boom, we could have just opened up. Uh, what we're doing for this first month is I wanted, I wanted to get some other beers on the menu. So it gave us a little bit of a buffer of about three and a half, four weeks for us to modify the, um, the mustache, the, you know, the ex mustache tasting room. Right. Uh, we're not going to be knocking any walls down. We're not going to do that because then you have to submit, uh, you know, drawings, architectural stuff. And we don't want to do that. I mean, you know, you guys know how it is and right now, time and money, money. Mm-hmm. and you know, nobody's, nobody's got it really. Um, so what we're doing is we're more doing a cosmetic, uh, we're repainting the walls. We're adding flourishes, um, and probably taking know, down any mustache signs. Yeah, that seems like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we'll throw up some of our own branding, and then we're gonna just open. And what I, we made a post probably a few weeks ago, and what it says is that you know we want to be able to bring everyone fresh beer right now. Right. And in order to do that, we're gonna open up very soon. And I think that. Uh, everyone is going to be on board with the fact that they get to see the whole space evolve. It, we're starting with, you know, the walls are going to be branded to the, to the way that we want. And then we're going to be adding elements that, that are really uh, indicative of, of our brewery. We're going to be working with uh, local artists and uh, especially uh, Ricky Sayeta, who is, um, you know, he used to be established uh, 1981, who's now goes by Ricky TV. Uh, he's, Yay. A, he's a local <laughs> artist out in uh, Greenport, and he does some wonderful ah, work. Nice. Yeah, he's done some work for uh, Lucheritos, uh, for Nofo Doco, and yes. he's gonna yeah he's gonna be pretty much working for us for like next five years, putting in awesome <laughs> installations all over the place, stuff hanging from the ceiling, stuff off the walls. The space is gonna be really immersive, evocative, cathartic. I just I want people to walk in the space and let the space be their own entertainment. Uh, just you know, mentally and visually stimulating. A lot Where, of your uh, your beer can art kind of already speaks to that. You've had uh, a very noticeable and identifiable brand going on besides your logo. 
Are you going to try to fall through a lot with those, you know, cool, uh, like technical atmospheric feels mm-hmm. like, what do, what do you think for the walls besides maybe just like you said, your branding that you're going to have? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, that was such an intention from the beginning is just to make the brand purposeful. I wanted it to be a certain way right from the start. And I didn't really want us to kind of like, um, you know, ebb and flow, just kind of wait, like figure out the brand as we were going. So we spent several months with our graphic designer, uh, Mike Everett, and he helped us design this, this wonderful concept. And um, we're going to definitely be carrying forward. Like what you see on the cans is going to be represented in other elements on the walls. Like, um, was it, we just dropped uh what if we nuked the moon that ah. beer. Um, I saw that label here. I love how that beer came out. I love how the label looks so much so that we're going to steal, uh, some elements from that can art and throw it on the walls. Cool. Oh. Yeah. That's um, a, that's a good one. That'll be, yeah. uh, aesthetically stimulating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've also, you know, other things like I was chatting with Ricky about, uh, you know, installations that we can put in. And uh, Pete, you have the uh, the Space Age Time scan, right? Is that or is it Steve? It's got it. There you go. Boom. So that thing in the middle with the with the ribbons going around it. Uh, <clears throat> I was chatting with Ricky, and he wants to now make something very similar to that with you know lights coming out and hang that from the ceiling and have those kind of being in a you know, just above you, just kind of drawing your eye up. So this That's is cool. what this is what we're trying to do. And yeah. we kind of just want to break the mold of just say, you know, that cookie cutter brewery field, not for the sake of doing that, but for the sake of just, I don't know, giving somebody, giving people something different. And almost uh, like being at the planetarium. It could, it could very well be. We were That's... kept talking about doing uh, some work with fiber optics. So that might pop up at some That's point. That's cool. Can you imagine big fiber optic wall where it just changes or oh, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get so weird and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I keep talking about um, um, like I, I, I was telling Matt and Lori, like I don't want, I didn't want to knock their office down. Originally I'm like, Oh, I'll knock it down just to make room or whatever. But um, I feel like uh, there's so many other elements like that office, like can turn it into an area that's kind of like a duochromatic feel where it's mm. like purples and blues. And that's only the only color assets in there and to be able to furnish it just with that color palette. And I feel like it's mentally and visually a little trippy to just kind of be surrounded by that. You don't normally get that in your, you know, your normal world. And that's kind of what the brand is. It's just, it's forcing you into in a direction that is a departure from the normal. And if anyone hasn't been out there or has been out there and has seen the taste room, whether it be on social media or, uh, you know, in person, you won't believe the amount of space Rob has to work with. Once things start moving along here, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity here to really expand the tasting room to get, like you said, different vibes, different feels throughout the space. We were talking uh, early on on Saturday about, you know, having that garage door and that side space open. You got some really great ideas for that too. And it'd give you like a really cool vibe, especially in the non 20 degree days. Uh, but even so just being able to kind of walk outside, get that nat- nice natural light coming through. Uh, tell us a little bit of plans for things like that. Yeah. So the, the building itself is enormous and uh, we'd like to find a way to maximize it to its uh, you know, potential. And 
you know, I, I got to show you guys a whole warehouse side and there's like an alleyway that I'd like to turn into something. Um, but I, I, I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to figure all this out come summer and it's just, it's going to be beautiful and awesome. And then what you were saying about sub, you know, 20 degree temperature, we're going to hit a problem when winter comes <laughs> because yeah. I don't know how we're going to heat all of this. Right, right. It's going to be fine in the summer because while the two garage doors open, you know, cross breezes and, you know, big fans moving air. And then winter's going to come and, you know, we're going to close everything up and we're just going to be handing out, you know, freaking uh, blankets, everybody. <laughs> hand warmers. Everyone gets a hand warmer. Everyone gets an Uber Geek hand warmer. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll eventually figure something out for it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there is a, uh, a great yeah, deal of potential. Ability, yeah, there is the ability to heat it. They, they're, they're already in there. It's just yeah. I'm thinking of the cost is going to be astronomical. <laughs> well, you build over time, like you said. You you wanted to have your audience and your your customers come in and see the place evolve. That's probably a year or two down the line if everything goes according mm -hmm. to plan. And that is really what you know most breweries are thinking. They're thinking out the potential, but right now think about the realistics and and you know mm -hmm. face case in point. As soon as you walk in, you got to start working on that space first to give everyone that first impression, and then move beyond that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm never short on ideas. I'm always, you know, there's always something that I've got cooking. And I'm like, I want to do this. I really want to do this. And, you know, it maybe I would say 85% of the time it actually manifests itself. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I don't know. You know if something, if something bad happens, then just go with it because apparently everything works out in the end. That's right. Apparently, apparently <laughs> I'll just keep rolling with that. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 Where did the name come Uber Geek, how did that come about? Oh man, so there's just two theories that I'm going with here. <laughs> so originally, uh, that was actually the name that I chose for my my home brewery. Hmm. Uh, so if you search like Uber Geek on on Tap, there's a home brewery in there, which I'm trying to get them to remove, and they just won't because there's like a handful of check-ins, and they don't want to ruin it. Oh. So they they had me, like, get, let everyone have their badges. They can have to keep their badges and just yeah. get rid of that. Yes. <laughs> so I originally named it that and I feel like the name just came, kind of came out of left field. I was like, oh, wow, that I like that. I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah. Uh, originally, I think that the name was very uh, like inward focus, like, oh, something about me, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and then now the brand has kind of evolved. And in my head of what I want it to be is to be much more community focused. So I'm kind of more this is the second part, the second uh you know, explanation for it is I think that the Uber geek itself is going to be the community itself. Um, I want to foster a community where you get people who have so many different interests and they're able to find a, a common space that they can collaborate and become better than their, you know, their, their uh, separate parts. Yeah. So that itself is the Uber geek. Is the, I, I would consider the three of us beer geeks at this point, just from the amount of Beers we've tasted, amount of places we've been. I mean, you're right. That's how the community evolves, and a, people start small. Yeah, <laughs> you could call it that too. It doesn't play well on Instagram, so you might we'll keep with no. just beer geek. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I tried the Instagram handle uh, three douches and a beer, and it didn't work. <laughs> Someone yeah. already had it, yeah. and our <laughs> our podcast did not work out well, so we ended up with the wort. <laughs> so it probably was worse in the end, but it works nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to shout out uh, Norfolk Brewing Company because that's what I've been drinking right now is, uh, you know, Hold Me Closer Tiny Lager. Mm. 
very delicious, but I just finished it. And I want to move on to the next one. So I can't move on to the next one without saying what I was actually drinking. North North Forks has got ridiculously great beer. And to be part of that process, like I was asking before, you had to pick up on a few tips and tricks along the way that they were implementing. I'm sure it was a communicable, uh, communicable, communicable, whatever, communicable, you know, kind of process and, and what you guys were able to do. Uh, did you or were you able to kind of take those some of the their brews influences and uh, have you ever kind of implemented that into yours? Uh, like if they were doing a saison, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna one up that and I'm gonna do it with you know blackberries or something. No, 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 no. We, we I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we don't actually vocalize or one upping each other. Maybe <laughs> it's just kind of you know just it just happens. Like yeah, I, don't know, I did yeah, this. Yeah, uh, you know. What do you think? <laughs> but uh, I gotta say, this is this is one thing. Um, you know, when Pete and I were at Mustache, um, we were very clean and orderly with the way that we worked, and we thought that that was very um, important. And to to making proper beer and you know non-infected and decent you know, decent beer. Well, Pete left us and then went and started North Fork with Ian and decided to take that mentality to a whole nother level. I don't know if anybody's ever gone to the brewing side of North Fork. You could eat off the floor. It is the cleanest brewery I have ever seen. And it, it puts like, I like, even in, in the mustache space now, now that I came back home, like I, in my head, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, Oh, like, like I gotta, I gotta be cleaner. I gotta, I gotta be cleaner. Even though I'm very clean to begin with it's they And I think Howard Hughes moment. Yeah. (laughs) It's the combination of, I, in my opinion, I, I think it's the combination of what we, you know, what Pete and I worked on when we were at Mustache, and then you take Ian's lab experience and you mash them together, and then you get this just sterile floor, sterile, like everything is immaculate. I, I walked in uh, when I was out there last year, uh, no, prior, two years ago over the summer, and their walls, I believe, are, are white or a very bright color. Mm-hmm. And there is no staining on the walls. Not like, you know, one of the tanks exploded or they had like a, a raspberry, uh, you know, a sour IPA and it got on the wall and it's almost impossible to get out. No, everything is perfect in order and spotless. You're right. Absolutely. It's one of those things that I picked up immediately. You would notice the minute you look at it, you go, wow, are you kidding me? Absolutely. So now that I'm back home, you know, the the prodigal son has come home to, uh, <laughs> to 400 Hallett Ave. I, I'm now looking around already. I'm like, okay, what do I do to one up Pete and Ian with cleanliness in this place? <laughs> Hand sanitizer at every tank. Everything. I'm just the entire brewery is going to become aqueous. Everything's going to be under just everything's going to be submerged under sanitizer. All the brewing, everything, and then I'm just going to look at it and be like, top that. Mm, not a bad idea. Hmm. Now you know what, and this is how small the, the brewing community is on on Long Island. So you, Rob, you, you know, you obviously worked with Mustache and Pete was with you. Well, Ian interned with me for a short while. And for a small moment, Rob almost became my assistant brewer. <laughs> so that's how, oh. how does the, it just, we were talking about it with Oyster Bay last, last week, how, yeah. you know, you, you got, you got Ivan up at Whitman and then you got, John over at Dubco and it oh, just... Ivan's at uh, Myers. I'm sorry, Myers, right? Yeah, mm. and uh, and John's over at Dubco and John's checking in on Instagram, by the way, saying hi. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. 
and and Frank's got you know Noble Savage, and so it's just kind of crazy how the Long Island brewing community kind of like everybody kind of either has worked with each other or or you know uh, has helped each other in in some way, and and, and I think that's probably one of the coolest thing uh, yeah. about Long Island. That, yeah, that we're, it's absolutely crazy, and and yeah, I'm surprised, Steve, you didn't mention in a month actually. Uh, Steve Kaminsky is going to be coming on board as the head brewer of Uber Geek. They <laughs> <laughs> let it out. Why did you uh, let? Now I got to give notice. You're leaving Blue, Blue Point. Point? Yeah, I got to tell Blue Point I'm quitting now. John, John actually says uh, if you don't paint the ceiling with beer at least once, then do you actually brew beer? There you go. <laughs> so my ceiling is surprised he didn't comment high, with so yeah. for, for president. Yeah. Try clamps all day. Yeah, yeah, Rob, you got ridiculously high ceilings. So if you reach your ceiling, you got a bigger problem than you probably want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That tank must have been highly pressurized if I can hit that ceiling. <laughs> and then if it stains this, if, if it gets there, it deserves to stay there forever. Yes. Like, right, right. You don't clean it off. <laughs> Battle scars all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Steve J. Rogers is checking in. A bunch of people are coming in and out of the uh, the live Instagram view. We're probably getting more views <laughs> here on Instagram. Really? John's like challenge accepted. Yes, he is. <laughs> Dubco will have brand new uh, sour IPA stains on, on the ceiling tomorrow. Stout Great. stains, nothing but stout stains. Stout. I, be I better see it in the stories, John. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of the stories, you you've been releasing a bunch of stuff over the last you know few days, and of course uh, we've been kind of over there and, and sending stuff out as well. Your uh, new brew that you guys did today, because um, we kind of know what was on Saturday, and we'll go over that in a little bit. What was the thing that you were looking at today? What did you kind of brew? How did it go? What was the uh, the marks that you hit? It was a bet. Was it just as good as the high fives we were giving out on Saturday? Uh, <laughs> no. no, no, you guys, you guys came on a perfect day. No. <laughs> uh, now today was the day of me cursing at the system. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can get really cocky after, uh, you know, a first brew back in your old facility and you just kind of say, yeah, second brew, I'm just gonna, you know, just wing this one. Um, yeah, no, I was working on uh, just doing a standard, you know, fruited beer with uh, a ton of wheat in it. Okay. And uh, I, thought it was a good I, I thought it was a good idea to not uh, throw rice holes in. Oh, yeah, because, you know, those are really expensive. You don't need to put those in. Yeah, you know what it was, Steve? I saw the bag, and the bag was so buried behind other bags of grain. I'm like, <laughs> just didn't you know, wait, was fine. it underneath the pure Idaho? Is that <laughs> no, no, no? Those weren't. Uh, I don't. No, no. I already used all of those. Oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be great. And uh, I'm like, it's not that big of a grain bill. Uh, no, so I got a stuck mash. I uh, didn't realize it until uh, we started loudering. You know, the Voroloff was fine. Everything was great. And then the louder starts and it goes for like 15 minutes and then it just trickles. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So yeah. it was going, it, it, yeah. So it was a four hour louder. I'm oh. not proud of that, but it was moving. It moved. It's so what just, was, what would have been the, the, could you have stopped, kept temp and then changed out parts? Like what would have been the, the end all so fix? There's, so there's, there's a, you could either keep with it. And hope that it fixes itself, which is what I, the route I went. Okay. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Today it didn't. <laughs> um, 
Can, on, but, that, on your system, can you backlet? Can you, you know? Yes. So okay. I can I can underlet, but that's the other way that I didn't really want to go because I'm like, oh, if I underlet, then I'm going to have to Vorl off again to clarify the thing. And yep. uh, let me just keep going. Happens. And then the problem is you get too far in. You get too deep. Yeah. You get an hour and a half, two hours in. You're like, if I, I should underlet. But then you're like, no, no, no. It's going to fix it. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And also, here's the problem. You underlet, you're also adding in more. And All right. So you'll a lot of uh, brewers and home brewers will hear this and, and get this. Is um, If I'm an hour and a half in and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pulling off all of this, this great, uh, you know, this great sugar, everything's good. Actually, sorry. Scratch that. Forget that. So in the very beginning, probably about 10 minutes in, before I've even started sparging, I'm pulling off this great you know this really nice thick work uh work Oop, i don't have uh my sounders if i were in the studio i'd have sounders unprepared. <laughs> i know well, um, when we get back in studio it'll be a lot better a couple the months problem is, like if i'm to underlet in the middle of it now i'm diluting it i'm adding more water into it and the problem is is that you're not getting that great first running coming off mm. and you're starting to you know dilute it and you're you eventually you do it enough times you might end up getting uh you know reduced inefficiency uh because you are taking all the uh the highly concentrated sugar and you're mixing it back through all the way to the top of the grain bill in in in, in the mash ton right. so that's something i didn't want to do and uh, i should have i absolutely should have <laughs> it would have saved me some time i mean i got home in you know just the amount of time that i needed to be but it probably would have saved me another you know two hours hour and a half of my mm. day mm. Yeah, cut into your drinking time. Cut into my drinking time. Mm. But uh, yeah, so use rice holes. <laughs> yeah. So yep. you're able to salvage it though. You're able to get into the tank. It's I, yeah, now and I, I was actually. This reminds me of uh, a worse story. <laughs> oh boy, worse <laughs> so, than that. Yeah. Hold on. Let me take a sip of. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna need it for I'm, this one. So I'm drinking a mischief maker by Ghost. Oh, love They're, some uh, Belgian yeah, double IPA. Love That's that one. It's one of my um, favorites. Yeah, so let, me, let me get a sip of this before yeah. the story. <laughs> I actually, uh, I had a friend in the neighborhood. Shout out to uh, Rocco, uh, one of the friends of my uh, kids' uh, parents. And um, he uh, randomly walked into a uh, Whole Foods or one of those and uh, bought me beer. And knowing that you know, we went to plan B over the summer together as a family with the, their family, had a good time. And, you know, we're not like super friends. We haven't hung out like together other than that trip. And he went and got me a, a Belgian triple. <laughs> and I drank all four of those last night, not realizing they were 10.5. <laughs> and I did not wake up happy today. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Where right back from? on the sound. Uh, I'll get it if we have a moment after the show. I'll show you. But uh, it, it really just says Belgian brewery or something. It de doesn't really mm. say specifically. But it was delicious. I, I love a good Belgian. And, and Ghost's uh, Belgian double because it combines the elements of a Belgian with that double IPA feel. Oh, it's so good. It does a great job on those crazy, you know, blends of, of different styles, which is so much fun. Right. What I, what I got to give uh, Paul credit for is, you know, there are these hypey trends that a lot of people just love to follow. And Paul finds a way to honor them, but still tr stay true to what he knows mm -hmm. and what he's great at. And he, you know, he loves using Belgian strains. He loves using, you know, 3711, like a, you know, French Cezanne strain and just working it. And uh, 
he comes out with these great concoctions <laughs> and they're not just, oh, hops in your face, hops in your face. It's, uh, he's, he finds a great way to layer yeast and malt, and I got to give it to him. On and that. most of the time, it's not hops in your face. Even, even East Coast Ghost isn't uh, you know, a juice bomb or a West Coast. It is a, a great balance of the grain bill he used plus the hops that he chose. It, it's, it's one of those things that I, I appreciate, like you said, just carefully concocting things mm-hmm. that are just uh, not trending, but yet delicious. And it's good to see him being successful by still being different Yep. and, you know, yes. not, not saying, you know, here's, you know, five hazies that all are pretty much the same, but have different labels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I figured out what this person's name is. Captain awesome. It's just no vowels. And uh, <laughs> I guess he says uh, the sacred wheel brew collab with ghost was one of his favorites. So that was, nice. that was a good one too. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah here's, a little, here's a little teaser. Uh, there will be something coming down the pipe uh, with with uh, moi and Ghost mm. uh, oh, year, shit. resurrecting mm. an old barrage. Uh, yes. Year. Does it have to do with barrels, Steve? Uh, yes. And mm. no. oh, okay. And Slutty no. barrels. Those barrels will be there'll be something done with that. But there is another beer. Oh, uh, so there's two beers. You trying to yeah. send us off track? All right, interesting. So, so, Steve, what beer can we resurrect? You and me. There you go. Oh, what has he got left? What has he got left somewhere left. laying dormant? There, there is. There are many, many, many things that lions, tigers, and bears. Lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Say lions, tigers, and bears. <laughs> Please go, 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 go. We uh, and 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 another teaser. Uh, moi will be over at. Sand City resurrecting an old beer uh, in the coming weeks. You just be now. You just forget it. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop brewing, and now all of a sudden, you just got three different things on the schedule that you're just gonna be all the fun with none of the liability. (laughs) Yes, yes. At the end of the day, I walk out and have a good one. Bye. Like being a grandparent, like you get all the fun of hanging out with kids, but none of the fucking responsibility. Give it, exactly. give it right back. And you take this child. I'm going home. <laughs> John says, "I'm okay now. Please and thank you." <laughs> well, uh, that's oh, fuck I that. actually yeah, and and another little teaser. Oh god, I actually had a conversation with someone from Dubco about. Resurrecting another beer. Jesus Christ! The the, uh, the one of the beers you brought the first time we had you on on the show is I'm really not okay, which mm-hmm. was an IPL. Yeah, blew my fucking mind mm-hmm. because uh, at that point I didn't really like I I thought I didn't really like IPAs, and I had that and it was fucking delicious. <laughs> and and here we are. There we are. <laughs> and, Rob, now, so- and now come Friday we'll be brewing something at on the beer maker. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. We'll have our own can with art. Thank God, Jesus. If if you brew with everyone else but the people on your show, <laughs> we yeah, probably get a when, little more. How fun. do we get a ticket to this fucking fun brew day? Jesus. <laughs> uh, John, John, sending little emojis like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder what's going on, Rob. Uh, so we were there for the first brew day. Let's get right into it because we want to know what was put into that tank on the day we were there. Give us a little breakdown of uh, what you were brewing, what you put together, and what the plan is for this beer. It looked wonderful in in the in the boil kettle. That's all mm-hmm. I know. 
Yeah. Um, honestly, I wish I had some more bells and whistles for it, but it is very, it's fairly simple. It is, uh, you know, we're going with a, uh, you know, a standard Bohemian Pilsner. Uh, it is actually the lowest ABV beer that we have done to date. Uh, everything that we've done wholesale has been 8% and greater. And this one's going to clock in at about 4.1%. So nice. super sessionable. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for everybody who, uh, finds stuff in wholesale markets, but <laughs> we're, uh, that's actually going to be an exclusive just in-house. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause it probably, it, honestly, and no, no offense, but in general to the industry, it doesn't move like it should in distributors and in places because of what it is. It just, no one wants a 4%. They want a six to eight to 9%. And that's just what sells right now. And they don't right. want crispy boys. Right. Well, besides this, you know, yeah. like, not like 2% or anything like that, but, you know, three, 4% under, you know, anything under five, I think is, especially in the summer, you know, you want to knock back 17 of them. <laughs> Jesus. You know? Rob would love that. That means more, more supply, more demand. Yeah. You have fun with that, Pete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wanted to give people an option. That's not, um, you know, like, I don't want people coming to the brewery and like, oh, I can only have two or two beers because, you know, they're above 8%. I'd like to give people something that they can sit, enjoy, and that's slightly more sessionable, uh, especially now that we're getting into warmer weather. It makes sense. Now is the time for me to do things like that. Um, yeah, look at that. All right. So that's the uh, Uber Geek and North Fork. Collab. Yeah, that's, our, uh, that's half of the collab. It's it feels evil, even though the uh, the beer does not look evil. It looks exactly the way I like it. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, it is dank. It is thick. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm gonna get right into this. Uh, oh, again, yeah. cool can art. I mean, just just that like tech. Uh, almost, and I want to do it injustice by saying it looks like a rave, but it has that feel <laughs> like you know, like you just. It's neon lights and things are going crazy. It's just a very cool concept art. It's so to. thick. It looks like it blocks out the sun, Rob. Because it, it does. Security <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Ooh, yeah. OJ. Lots of OJ. Breakdown. Because I started with the, uh, we're going to go into the beers. Uh, Essential oh, yeah. Mentdown is a vibe. Give us this because I enjoyed that a lot. Again, another uh, nice, thick, fruited, uh, juicy ale i guess what give us the the rundown of all that yeah so that's our uh that's our fruit tart uh beer it's a existential meltdown as a vibe we wanted something that was uh you know going to be juicy but also had a little bit of um slightly a slight pastry character on the back end yeah very subtle in the background uh because it's uh raspberries blackberries and then we threw in a little bit of vanilla in there um we we didn't want it to be just like boom you know, pastry, like pie kind of feel, but I like, I like using some subtleties uh, in beer when it comes to something like vanilla or hops that give you a little bit of uh, onion garlic. Um, I love, ah, uh, so, so, okay. This is something I, I love being able to <laughs> take hops that have an onion garlic character and mix it in with beers that have a like really big tropical fruity character but use the onion garlic as like a smaller, like a slight note in the background. Because I think that it, what it does is it elevates those beers to a greater level. Uh, sometimes, and I, I feel like people can echo this, is a lot of uh, you know fruity tropical beers can be a little bit one note. Yeah. Whereas it's like, oh, fruit, cool, fruit, awesome. 
But if you can have a little bit of a dimension of throwing in some onion and garlic where people aren't like, oh, that's onion and garlic, but they're like, oh, there's something else going on. Yeah. It's a little bit synergistic. I like think a spice, it, like a little like hit of your tongue and you're like, oh, it just caught yeah. me there. What is that? I, I think it can elevate it to a different level. And a hardiness too. That's the, that's like, besides the the potential thickness of what you're doing, that that kind of fulfilling mouthfeel. I don't, I don't know if even that's a thing, but when I was drinking that, what I did like even more than that, cause I'm a big fan of, you know, those fruited, very juicy sour IPAs it, the tartness. I mean, really the tartness is what makes mm -hmm. it, it balances out all that sweetness and sure. makes it very drinkable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely got a good amount of tartness. It's got uh, some tannins. I feel like the, the blackberries really brought, uh, brought those along as well. Uh, we're going to be working on another variant of that. We kind of mm. want to keep the is a vibe series going for a little bit until people stop saying vibe, which is probably going to happen tomorrow. So I'm kind of fucked. Is it wrong that when you said tan and I immediately thought of Buford tan and from back to the future three? No, that's not yes. wrong at all. No, you can, yeah. no that's, that's great. That no, it's not. Who you calling no. yeller? Love me some back to the future. Sorry. Every time I hear tan and I'm like Buford Tannen, I know him. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be doing a different variant of that with uh, mango, pineapple, and vanilla. Oh, oh, mm. yeah. So I think that'll be fun. That that will yeah. be available uh, during the grand opening. Nice. Oh, yeah. that's something to look forward to. So that we're going to run with that series and keep doing different fruited variants. Um, it's uh, it's something we're playing around with. We'll see how much we like it, and then we'll see what happens with the uh, you know with the with the project. You see, Captain Awesome is on my wavelength. He watched Back to the Future Three yesterday. He says. Ah, oh, it's the best. Boom. It was, I, I honestly love that better than two, even though two people don't like as much, but, and some people say that's the if best one. you say better than one. No, not better than I'm one. Leaving. It goes one, three, two for me. <laughs> one, three, two. Because I like the, the Western element. I like the, the cosplay, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I like the fact that that was shot uh, in New Mexico and in, of course, a soundstage in California where they probably still have some of that uh, at Universal Studios, I believe. Some of that town is still existing in pieces and parts great movie love it hopefully it burned down shut up i love back to the future three <laughs> you son of a bitch marty mcfly is my my hero playing guitar in front of those huge amps getting blown through the wall Such i'll refer you back to the name of the beer we're drinking yes every hero needs a villain love yeah so it. i do want to talk about that beer actually yes we, we got to talk about this do it so uh, North Fork and I, we got together and uh, we wanted to do, I, I'm not going to be very specific with certain names just for legality reasons, I guess. I've kind of been a little vague, but uh, we wanted to do a nod at someone that had passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was somebody that kind of uh, was a really, uh, uh, it was a famous person or a local guy. Was, was it a that? famous person or a local guy? Oh, a famous person. Oh, um, yeah. I'm going to start guessing. Go I'm, I'm yeah. still alive. What, what? Oh, <laughs> oh, Stephen. Yeah. So this this person really had, like glued a lot of brews together for uh, Pete and I and Pete and myself. Hmm. And um, we wanted to kind of uh, have a little homage to that person. And that's where this beer came from. Uh, so what we ended up doing was we crafted a recipe where uh, we kept a lot of the ingredients the same. We wanted the roots to be the same since Pete and I had very similar roots and then take those same ingredients, but try to find a way that we can come up with two radically different beers 
But when you drink them, there's so much similarities between them, even though the final ingredients that we used are not the same at all. So they used different stuff and they had their own release. Yeah. So we did two different beers. Uh, mine was uh, Every Hero Needs a Villain. They did Every Villain Needs a Hero. Ah. Uh, so we did the same grain bill. Both of these beers, exactly the same grain bill. And then that's kind of where the similarities stopped. Uh, okay. Everything after that, because it's kind of a, uh, it's we're telling a story with this. You know, Pete and I started same, and then we kind of branched off and did our own thing. And uh, Pete ended up throwing in fruit into his. I ended up uh, changing up the water profile, throwing in a lot of you know different dry hops into that. Hmm. And as you can see, if you pour them next to each other, even visually, they are radically different. Hmm. Um, so it was a it was a really fun experiment. We've gotten a, a lot of uh, really uh, nice attention from it. And uh, yeah, we uh, might might do it again in the future. We'll see. Yeah, it's not a bad concept, especially since you know again right now calling back to your roots of of brewing there and and contracting there, and of course doing another release where you can do you know possibly even now two spaces, you know trading places kind of thing. It'd be pretty cool to have something like that, mm -hmm. you know, out yeah. for you. and again tie into both you guys who are now both in Riverhead um within you know 10 minutes of each other maybe if not less uh and less, much less i can get less. to pete's place in a minute and a half wow okay i almost yeah. stopped there on the way home when i left you i was like ah, i gotta go home i'm gonna get in trouble ah, shit. <laughs> no they're they're a great place Fuck yeah, but, but i feel like this beer is the spirit of um you know what we're trying to do is make things purposeful you yeah know, we we did this beer and not only was it, hey, we just want to pay homage to, you know, this person, we went deeper into it. We're like, okay, how do we really just tie this in so it's part of us, it's visceral, it's something that we really connect to. Mm -hmm. And we were like, all right, we're going to design the beer around something and tell a story with it. So here we are. And that's the story that ended up popping out of it. Now, outside of the grain bill, what what adjuncts were used here? I mean, don't give away the farm, but, you know, what what? should people be you know kind of looking for when they're uh sipping on this um don't give away the farm Oof. <laughs> no I mean, trade secrets. so here's here's the thing here's the thing is uh I, i'm sure everyone's seen you know this the back sides of my cans i kind of give away the farm <laughs> yeah a little bit i was just looking at it so much like so it. that i don't like to give away any more of the farm <laughs> all right so to, to reiterate all right uh, so you're gonna hold on to one sheep <laughs> just give us some of the farm. Don't give us all of it. Keep the one sheep back. So just to, just to kind of go into depth here, uh, Rob, you're using two-row oats and wheat in, in your malt. Uh, you're using a, a Zaka, a Galaxy, Mosaic, and Vic's Secret. Love Woo! all those hops. Oh lots, lots of the hops. Uh, yeah, you're using a I nice mean, little yeast ale. And up here, Steve knows Galaxy. Oh, yeah. What uh, oh, yeah. what What's the yeast ale? Is it a very specific uh you know number a yeast or is that the thing that you want to keep close to your hip there are numbers that are associated with said yeast <laughs> i love it i like i mean answer. at least i'm giving you a ballpark yeah I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some numbers there like yeah. 103044 or six so you know we'll pick one of those and you're good yeah if, if you start at one and you end you know, go to get to nine and then you include zero just take those numbers any combination Yes. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> so, folks you at home, if, if you're watching, is that scary, scary bottle? Uh, so I'm going to throw it out there that anybody that's uh, moving into a brand new home and they see a jar, hold it up again, Steve. 
and they see a jar sitting on a shelf that looks anything remotely to that, do not throw it out. Don't drink it either, but do not throw it out because right. you have, have no idea what could that. happen there. We have to talk about that. Yes. Yes. So that that is a mason jar that contains a very special strain of yeast that Matt and I were holding on to for, uh, God, it's been several years. Mm. And I was surprised to see it still on that shelf. So much so that like when I saw it, I said to Matt immediately, I'm like, oh, we're going to throw that on a surplate plate and prop this up and get this yeast going again. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people out there are like, oh, why would you do that? Like there must be like, you know, genetic drift or so many issues. Why would you want to use that strain? Here's why. That strain is a strain of Kvike. It is a Voss strain that Matt and I got years ago straight from the Voss region. And it made one of the best beers I've ever tasted. And we did it as a member tap. And I think it flew so low, like under the radar. And I, I would love to just bring that beer back to life and just not even that beer, just bring that strain back to life. And then the reason why you can is this, uh, the strain of yeast. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of well known that the people over there, they take this strain, they do some really weird stuff with it. Yeah, that yeah. nobody nobody would do in the right mind, I think. But <laughs> they would brew a beer, and then they take these woven rings, and they dip the rings into the fermented beer and allow the yeast to cake on it. They also throw, like, flour on the ring, too. And then they hang the rings up on the wall, and they dry solid. And then, like, six months later, they'll brew a beer again, and they'll pull that ring off and inoculate the beer with that ring. Yep. So, and then it's, it's, and then that beer is, it ferments out the proper way it's supposed to. So that's why we've held on to the strain, even though most people would have thrown it out long ago, because we're curious that, you know, to see if it can be propped up and still make a proper beer, just because of these generations of generations of being treated in that manner. How would you guys acquire that in the first place? Was it something you shipped away for? Was like mail, mail order bride kind of thing with yeast? You, You'd have to ask Matt Spitz to get the full story on that one, but I'm pretty sure it's one of his friends has a friend that lives in that region. Really crazy. Yeah. So, so I don't did he go un that. undercover in the middle of the night and just grab one of the rings <laughs> and just run, <laughs> just run, just run to the fields. You're not Shove it in me. your pants and you run. <laughs> I remember when it came in. It came in in this tiny little vial, yeah. and we took it and propped it up and propped it up and eventually made a batch out of it and then. That's what's left over. So hmm. that's got to come back to life. How much of I that do you need to, to, to prop it up again? Depends on the, depends on the batch size, really. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I really be curious, but I do want to, you know, talk to, uh, I'd like to talk to Ryan over at 27A. Oh, that would be an interesting beer to do a collaboration on using that string. So Ryan, that, <laughs> that one, that, that. <laughs> He's got some of those those strains too. He he kind of experiments a lot with stuff. Yeah, yeah, he does a ton of stuff with you know Kvike strains. So yeah. I think that he might be interested in that project. Mm. Yeah, that's, well, a, it, that's a collab in the making. I love it. You know what's what's interesting too. You know, uh, from different parts of the world, the stories go back uh, as as Rob was just saying. You know, these rings. Well, in England, it was the paddle, the wooden paddle would be just hung and it would be reused to stir 
they had no yeast. They didn't know what yeast was, but they knew the paddle where after they used it, the beer would start fermenting. Huh. And each each like town or village had their beer making paddle. And you know, God forbid something happened to that. You you weren't making beer anymore. Sisterhood uh, of the Traveling that Paddle. Wood was inoculated with that yeast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that that's I mean it would form like rock candy i would imagine right it's just basically crystallizing on it and, and hardening up and uh, you know i who knows <laughs> it's, it's you know wood itself is so porous you know these yes. are these are microscopic you know um you know cultures that are just embedding themselves deep into the wood yep. and all you have to do is just a little bit of that and it gets distributed in there yeah yeah. I, so, I you've you've had so many releases since you started doing the the nomad thing or the contract thing whatever you want to call it and the things that you've been coming out with over the years have been unbelievable give us some of the the highlights over the last few years of stuff that you've released that you know really works I know space age you know times is, has been one of the, the the highlights of the the brand and I, I love it it's one of my favorites what else has really kind of hit the marks and, and really shown itself to kind of help create and build the brewery? Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I do have to touch on space age times. Um, that was the first beer that I made under the brand. And that really was just me pulling together a bunch of stuff that I've always wanted to marry. And it, it exceeded my expectations. I was, I was so overjoyed with that. And especially if you get in a really good crop of hops, a good crop of Idaho Seven and Mosaic, yeah. oh, that beer is. Or, or maybe even some pure Idaho. Pure Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pure Idaho. That in Idaho. yeah absolutely. You know, I think you need beer. to do an all Idaho beer now. Ooh, single malt, single hop. Oof. No, <laughs> we'll see. Idaho, the Idaho smash. Oh, there you go. It, Pete, you're going to pay for it? Sure. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question for you. Ready? What would that cost me? What would that cost you for Ball, ballpark to 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 finance that? If I wanted to finance that, let you brew it, what would that cost me? An all Idaho, uh, yep. an all Idaho, so a pure Idaho with an Idaho seven. Yep. Uh, let's well, say considering that the pure Idaho is expensive as old fuck. That's okay. That's all right. I just, um, I'm yeah, just yeah. curious as what that would be. Grand going on right there. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the. Why don't we do an all Idaho on the fucking? No, no. I want to hear what my pure Idaho and my Idaho seven would be. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 looking probably at about a grand for a seven barrel batch of something that's like good Mm. and palatable, like like that's got a good (laughs) amount of hops, good amount of Idaho, good amount of potatoes. That's definitely what I want for all my beers: good and palatable. Good and palatable. Yeah, yeah. What would what would my ABV look at for something like that? All depends on kind of. I think I could get you up to eight percent with that. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let me, let me you know, get back Idaho to you. Seven's not that expensive anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I that I I I do it just to do it. Just to and, it, and it has to be called Idaho. Idaho, <laughs> and the hoe would have to be like the uh, the yes, James the Port. The, the James Port. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Hmm. All right. Idaho. We'll, we'll put that in the maybe. I like part. how horrified. Yeah. Robin no, I, I'm I'm idea. more leaning towards the yes category. If it was about a thousand dollars, and uh, hmm. hmm. All right, let me let me uh throw that on the uh oh, the schedule. Let me, hold on, I got numbers here. Hold on, as as this is my when you uh, a soundboard for the adding machine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, as my uh, my taste room manager likes to say, let, let's let's workshop it. 
Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there like you that. go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll I think toss we need it to do a beer maker version of the fucking <laughs> See, first. First. Yes. See, Rob, can can you do me a favor? Yeah, let's start a GoFundMe, Captain Awesome says. Uh, <laughs> all I'm probably going to need is probably like maybe a half a pound of that a pure thousand Idaho. Thousand milligrams. Thousand oh, milligrams. Yes. There you go. And we can we can do it on the test pilot batch of beer maker. There you go. And then we'll see how that comes out. That's actually yeah, that's, not a bad idea. That's fine. Uh, mm. I have a partial sack in the brewery right now. So Yeah, oh, we saw shit. them. Yeah. Steven, Steven, you have the beer maker. We're going to make this happen. I want to try this <laughs> out before. Pounds, well, right? what's very interesting, actually, I've been playing around with a bunch of stuff that they offer, and Beer Maker actually has a uh, it's a it's a di you know to do it yourself. Um, they have so many individual ingredients you can bro, buy. You can actually they actually have a software where you punch in what grain you want and what hops. And it weighs out. It tells you how much you should be putting in really? for the system so you don't Jesus fuck the Christ. system up. This place is, it's I mean, I'm a lot of fun. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it's, hmm. I already did Nerd Girl with, with this. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You just got I, it two I days ago. I did all the shit and I'm like, I can make Nerd Girl. Like, <laughs> how, uh, how big is it? God, make me, can, can we make a batch of, oh God. It's the can we bring back Mirage beers one gallon at a time? <laughs> It's uh, probably the size of like a big like bread maker like toaster oven. Yeah, yeah, okay. I give it that. Yeah, toaster like a pizza maker. But it's but it sits up a little higher. It's tall. Um, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, I took it all. I actually once we get closer to it, I took photos of just taking it apart, taking everything out of it, so so people can actually see. Cool. Uh, this is me looking at my desk and thinking like, well, I don't need a phone. <laughs> Nor do I need this thing that holds like scissors and pens. Like I, I it it fit here. There's an outlet nearby. Fit. Hey, well, well, Pete, five it, connection. If it does hardline Ethernet too, I mean, Pete, I'm sad. there's a I, missed I, opportunity I, um, here. Yeah. You guys could be producing beer right now. While yeah, we. Steve has probably already done it. We don't even know it. He's already produced. <laughs> it's, it's on the coffee table in front of him. There's right already now. a no. gallon of yada 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 fermenting. Uh, well, Pete, we're going to be Son sharing this. I have it first. Yeah, it's not going to stay in my house for forever. Yeah, this is going to be like the tra- uh, traveling pants, right? Sisterhood of traveling pants. We're going to pass it around. We'll all try our own beers, and we'll make a, a whole little uh, thing. Hey, you know of what? It. You know what time it is? Uh-oh. It's oh, time for Steve's to ask those questions three. Bum, 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 bum. I still don't have You're a like jingle. You're like the fucking troll in fucking... In, in, yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Body Python and the Narrow Holy Ground. What is your favorite color? What is your quest? <laughs> what is your quest? Find Holy Grail. Didn't that guy have a fucking stupid name, too? We the, Well, the knights that say knee. No, no, no. The and fucking then the, bridge troll. Wasn't bridge his name troll. like Bob or something? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, All right, Steve. Rob, take it away. It's it's the time of the sh- part of the show where I ask three questions, um, and I can give them to you one at a time because that usually is the way it goes because everybody forgets the other two after I ask them. Um, so <laughs> what, was, what was the first beer that, like, broke your cherry – like craft wise that you were like oh this is what it's all about oh man okay <laughs> um so i gotta all right so i can tell you a story about a beer that right. broke my cherry but it it wasn't like oh this is what craft is all about it's, it's a, it was more like oh i can't handle this <laughs> 
So yada, yada, yada. Uh, when I was in when I was in college, there was a really cool beer bar uh, that was in town and you would go in the back and there was a printer and you get to like punch in your code and it would print you out a list of all the beers that you drank in that establishment. Really? Like, cr- yeah. No, it was kind of a cool concept. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I have a secondary story on this, which I'll go okay. into before I finish. Wait, where'd you go to school? Uh, Albany. Okay. All right. So it's in yeah. the Albany area. All right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So originally when I was in Albany, there was this, there was this bar and you'd go in the back and you'd print this out. And when you drink the beer, they would cross it off. Cool. And you'd come back and when you print out your stuff, it would be in the bottom, like, oh, it's been crossed off. You've already drank it. Like they update the system. And there are certain tiers you'd hit like, oh, you get to like 50, you get to 100 and you get these things. Oh, it's like untapped, but only in receipt form. Yeah, you get like, oh, you get a t-shirt, you get a mug, you get this. That's cool. Like untapped, but not lame. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It It was way ahead of its time. And, uh, I ended up leaving Albany with having 48 check-ins in there. Mm. And if I hit 50, I would have got that t-shirt and I'm still, you should have went back as an I'll, alumni. You're annoyed at, you, at that, aren't you? I'm very annoyed. I, at I, that, I'd be pissed. Like I'd <laughs> so, be like, well, I can drive up there tomorrow two nights and then I can get those 50 check-ins. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, two beers. Was, it's one here's, night. Here's the thing: is I don't even know if the place still exists oh, because, right. like most people can attest to, during college you don't really, you don't always remember the place you're going into, <laughs> especially a place that you frequent that often. Yep. Well, here's um, the deal: you, you have to get drunk like in beer fest, and you'll go right back to where you were. Probably, so actually, I kind of know where it is. <laughs> it was right near where Brugger's Bagels was on ah, West, right okay. over there, and. <laughs> I really hope somebody's tuning in that knows exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. If somebody can throw up the name, that would be amazing. I'll I'll but, monitor Instagram. But be, by the way, Michelle over at North Fork says that she loved the fact that I knew the yes. uh, sisterhood of the traveling pants <laughs> reference. <laughs> I have a ten year old Michelle. That's the way it works around here. She she gave him pants. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I've actually never seen the movie, so I'm just assuming. <laughs> <that's the same. laughs> They all uh, wear the same pants, or yeah, they do. They they, they, they it's trade life pants, stories, and they trade oh, one pair of pants. Shut up about the pants! Over here about the beer. About the pants. America <laughs> Ferrari is the best. Anyway, uh, anyway, okay. So I think, and I'm trying to figure out if it, if it if it all worked together, but I stopped going either because I graduated or because I got hit with this beer. Um, <laughs> so I got I ordered the Victory Storm King Imperial Stout. Oh, okay, and. That beer kicked my ass at the time. Kicked my ass. I couldn't do it. It was like motor oil. I had like four sips out of it. I'm like, I can't finish this beer. Now, like looking back on it, because I have had that beer pseudo recently, I can throw that entire pint back like it's nothing. I'm like, oh, it was it was me. I just I just couldn't do it. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, what the hell was I drinking before that? Like it must have been like nothing. I must have been drinking just. Sapporo and Peronis and being really excited <laughs> that I'm drinking craft beer. I like a Sapporo now. Right? Yeah, I love a good Sapporo, <laughs> yeah. especially at uh, um, Hibachi night when you get the yeah. onion volcano and you get this 19.2 ounce Sapporo. It's like a yes. giant can that seems yeah. like way too like <laughs> yeah, sturdy. It's got the, it's got the rigid hold, like a light. Like yeah, a yes. light very top heavy. It'll fall right over. Yeah. Very top uh, heavy. So question two. 
I thought nobody gets past question one, Steve. No, no, no. He, he used to ask the questions all in a row, and everyone would forget after question one. Yeah, so now he's broken you've been it out. Drinking for the last hour and a half. So, right. If we ask these questions up front, it might have been different. When I get a jingle and we actually have production value, then, then we'll actually probably start doing them early. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite style of beer? Um, okay, so styles, me and styles. Um, I, and I was I was having a discussion with uh, Andrew Liberto about styles mm. and I appreciate styles for what they are. Um, I just I don't like styles because Thank I you. feel like it's Thank a you. box mm-hmm. that limits creativity. Thank you. I will use it as a framework and yep. you know, I'm totally fine with saying, OK, this is what people would expect out of this style. But what else can I do with it? It's a jumping off point. I, I used to be the same way. I had to call a beer a certain style because people want to know what the style is. But a lot of times, you know, some of my beers were hybrids of two different styles put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had to call it something because you can't just say, oh, it's beer. You know, like, well, what type of beer? <laughs> is it a nail? Is it a lager? Is it a... You know, is it a stout porter? It's a beer. Just fucking and, drink it. And it lends like itself it. to your son just being a wise ass behind the bar. Be like, mm-hmm. dude, it's a beer. Just drink it. Come on. Just drink it. Just fucking <laughs> drink it. Uh, and question number three, what now would be a go-to beer for you other than one that you brew that you kind of, you know, like look for or you're like, yeah, as soon as you see it, uh, I'm drinking that. Yeah. Um, okay. There's, there's actually a couple. Um, mm. So... My go-to, if uh, actually pre-COVID, I feel like everyone has to preface pre-COVID <laughs> yeah. when I would go to a you know bar or restaurant and I'm yes. not really thrilled with the tap list. If I see a, a two-hearted on, I have to get it. Ah, okay. okay. A little a two-hearted, yeah. That that uh, kind of replaced Guinness for me. It's like uh, it was the same thing. You go to a place, oh Guinness, yeah, I'll take a Guinness. Mm-hmm. But now it's like oh two-hearted, I'll take a heart two-hearted. Other than that, um, I do I love Allagash's uh, Curio. That I think is a yes. beautiful beer. I, I think that is really well made. And then I, w- I wouldn't find it for anywhere on tap, but anything from OEC, you can make, you can win me over. You can make me do anything. Look you give you. me a bottle of that. <laughs> I, will, I will go to Steve's house tonight and feed him Idaho 7. I would feed him pure <laughs> Idaho. I would take, give pure him Idaho, baby. Foods. If they you do a single hop, single man, you, you're no, in. No, here we Doesn't go. Matter. Here we go. I'm gonna I ferment it in Steve. Not <laughs> just in him. <laughs> it's gonna kill me and stuff it in my body. And... Yeah, I do a butt chug any day. Let's go. It's a like what chug. would you do wow. for Klondike Bar? It's what yeah. would you do for OEC? I'm, you know, pretty much anything. Yeah, so that, that is a, a good one to stand behind. Out. I think that is the first time we've heard that one, so that's good. That's that's unique and. Uh, good props to them. It's fantastic. I like the Allagash answer, but yes, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm also biased. Yes, you are. You know what I've been uh, I've been picking up on a lot lately is uh, the main brewing company. I've been finding a little lunch and brunch and my favorite mo <laughs> wait, for my initials. Wait, are you are you off your sixty minute? Uh yeah, I haven't had sixty minutes since football season end. That was my football season beer. You were yeah, you were crushing those. Oh my god, like nothing. And then, of course, now that I had that Belgian triple, now I'm going to just seek out Belgian triples all day. Because well, that's what I like about so Curio. Good. It's like, well, this nine percent Belgian triple clearly, clearly isn't isn't insane enough. 
So now we need to stick it in Jim Beam barrels yeah. for a good year and bring it up to 11% and call it a whole new beer. Which is fantastic. Love those elements. Rob, uh, so you've you've gone through a couple of brews now. What do you have coming up uh, in the next few days? You said you're going to brew another one this week. What what else is going to be on the uh, the docket? Yeah, so I want to make a, a fresh batch of Why Don't We Nuke the Moon? Um, or what if we nuke the moon? It that beer is uh, it's a it's a beautiful beer, and it kind of came out of left field for me. I was trying some really experimental techniques, and I was like, okay, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and it surpassed what my expectations were. So I need to brew that beer. I've had several people reach out to me saying, oh, where you know, do you have more? Where can you find it? And you, uh, you <laughs> I know, did actually, I did find some. There is some out in the wild. Uh, if anybody's looking for that beer, go to uh, Bellport uh, Beer and Soda, Dave's place. Dave's cold beer and he's soda. The patchy for douchebag. He's, <laughs> he's got a couple four packs on the shelf. Go grab them. Really? Wow, yeah. that's a find. But uh, uh, yeah, you can't really find them anywhere else. So that's break down that's break down good. these these techniques you're talking about. What what are we talking about? Changing temps, different different uh ingredients what 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 again don't give away the farm yeah, yeah 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 uh different one grain bills one. different different grain bills different okay. uh, like composition different proportions okay um i've modified a little bit on some um hop timing mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of uh change up on water profile also and what, so you're basically pre-treating the water before it comes in uh not exactly okay different uh different sources nope no 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 it's just um it's you're cold, you're cold, it, cold. Like, cheating the minerals of the water itself oh okay all right yeah yeah so different ph balance stuff like that Give, yeah giving it a different minerality okay. um and then also um there was something else but it just i just forgot it now it's just you, you've had this recipe so you're just kind of you know varying up different elements well, of it, that it's not having this recipe. It's more having my approach. I've had an approach to how I make IPAs mm-hmm. and I wanted to change it up. I want, I, I constantly want to keep flipping the script on myself because if I get in this framework of, Oh, I'm going to keep making IPAs this way, then I'm not going to grow anywhere. Right. So I keep trying to challenge myself by reading new material and just experimenting, doing bench top experimentation and just, try to reinvent try to keep just moving it forward and this beer popped out of that and uh, i'm very happy with how uh you know the composition came together so i need to brew that again i'm going to brew that again that's uh that's i believe thursday's brew oh i'm starting to see why you and paul get along so well oh yeah oh just go on and on and on and i think i was telling you guys this on saturday i love the way that paul talks about beer (laughs) <laughs> uh he <laughs> nice Steve. Yeah. Uh, can. Paul can tell and if anybody's ever had a conversation with uh Paul about beer, he can tell you the breakdown of any of the grain bills that of any of the beers he's ever brewed. He's <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's seven sacks of optic and this of Maris and this uh, this many of this and that. And then he'll tell me about oh, I brewed this beer like seven years ago. It's this, yeah. it's this, this. I don't know anybody else that can do that. <laughs> I I can't, I have Bro. to. How many times did somebody go, hey, uh, what what hop is that? And you're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I used in it. There's hops in it. I don't know anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, Paul, Paul is a great guy. And I like to kind of, um, I've said this to Paul several times. I say it to other people. Anybody have seen the movie uh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Fuck yeah. yeah. Fucking okay. great movie. So you have that scene with uh, Rodney and uh, Sam Kinison. And he does, and Rodney does it aside to the camera. He's like, you know, this teacher is he's he's really passionate. Passionate. Now what? I have no idea. That's how I get with Paul. Paul is the most passionate person I've ever met in my life. And he will run and just go and talk to you about malt and this and that. And he is like knocking it out of the park. And then it just gets so overwhelming. You're like, I don't know even, I don't know what's going on. Anymore. I don't know. Where did I end up? <laughs> it's very true. I mean, we've had him on the show multiple times over the last few years. And it gets to that point where you could just see the passion and the way he speaks about his ingredients and the way he speaks about his process. It's unbelievable. You almost wait for his head to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I can't get it out fast enough. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So you have that one on schedule and you mm -hmm. said you wanted to have a couple others. What else are, are you going to try to kind of brew yeah, before so, opening so I day? Saved, uh, yeah, I saved the IPAs to the end. I've got uh, Flirting yeah. with Madness has its benefits. Um, <laughs> that's uh, So if anyone's ever seen that, it's a bright green can. It's kind of got this like leaf design going on it. Oh, I think I have seen that. Yes. So I've done I've done two beers for my girlfriend and that's one of them. Hmm. Um, because I feel like it's a nice nod because, you know, she, she drives me crazy sometimes, but it's so worth it. So that's, uh, that's that. And, and again, we have not done a formal congratulations on your, uh, birth of your child. Congratulations yes. yet again. Thank you. It's yes. still, it's still, uh, you know, dawning on me that I have Good a brother. one month old now as right. of today, actually, she's a month old today. And that leads me into my next question, which is, you know, you started this brewery literally, you know, in the midst of having a brand new child in the house, mm -hmm. this is a, and you're doing a full-time brew, you know, you're starting a business. How crazy is this time for you right now? It's, it's insane, but you know, luckily everyone's in the same mindset. You know, we have these, we're, we're looking at it very um, stoically um, where these are the things that have to happen. There's nothing that can change the, 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 the how we're going about it. So we have no choice other than to do something about it. Right. So <laughs> the brewery is happening. Yep. Cool. That's something we've been trying to do. Mm -hmm. But the baby is also happening at the same time. It's <laughs> yeah. something we've always wanted to do. Oh, it's so happening all over the, the place. Time. Up the back, out of the mouth, all sorts of good stuff. So we're all just, we're rolling with the punches and we're just doing what we need to do because this is like, we know what we want in the end and this is the road that will take us there. So we have no choice but to do it. And um, luckily everybody's on board. Uh, you know, Jill is a trooper. She, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't hey, know how she showed she up the other day with, with, yes. with grandma and, uh, mm -hmm. oh, oh, wait, no, it's uh, nanny. Na no. Nanny, right. Nanny. nanny. Yeah, no, they've been so supportive and helpful with all this because, you know, I feel bad sometimes like having to leave the house and like, I want to be there. I want to be helpful to make sure that everything is going right. You know, make sure, you know, that I can be a Look it over that participant feeling. in this. <laughs> Look it over that. That'll, that'll fit. Yeah, he's you'll, right. stop feeling, you'll stop feeling guilty. Yeah, wait, well, around you'll two still years love your old. daughter immeasurably and all of those cliches will all be the same, but... You'll stop feeling guilty about 
sticking your wife with all the responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't know me yet. Uh, <laughs> you're definitely a good dude. It shines through just by the way you present yourself, obviously. Right. And of course, by the way, you and your girlfriend talk and, and speak about the baby. And uh, of course, we were chatting all weekend on Instagram and, and through you know us being there and everything. Obviously, you you're mindset and laser focused on balancing these two has that been a real challenge i mean obviously you're with us tonight and i really appreciate it again but uh, you know how is that are you you in charge at night what what's okay what's your schedule like yeah so no it's absolutely a challenge and i mean i saw you know pete at north fork did the same thing he started a brewery and had a baby at the same time yeah it was crazy i remember i said i would never do that here I am doing the exact same thing. Um, no, it's a uh, scheduling is is pretty difficult. And honestly, like I love my brewery, I love uh, what I'm doing, but family has to come first. It does. It, it's as I said to you, what you have in the end, and it's what's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I reach right. I'm restructure. I restructure everything that I do with respect to the brewery around what needs to be done for family. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, Jill goes way out of her way for me as well. And it's, uh, you know, we're a team with all of this. So like this morning, I got to work at five in the morning just to make sure that I could get my brew day done so that I could pick up our other daughter off the pick her up off the bus. Yeah, that was the entire goal. Like, all right, I have to get Dakota off the bus. How do I get her off the bus? I have use to make rice sure holes. my brew day is done. Yeah, use rice holes. Rice holes, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Steve, luckily it got done. Luckily it got done. If not, it would have been in the tank, and then I would be cleaning every, the, the boil kettle tomorrow morning. The next day, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, I hear it's you. been... The scheduling yeah. of family and business is such a, a, a challenging process. So many people go through it, and I always say, you know, hey, you want to be a brewer? Look what you're going to be faced with. I mean, you're starting up early. Most guys and girls are younger and they're going to want to start a family at one point. And you're going to have to deal with this at one point, being able to balance both business and pleasure all at the same time. hundred percent. It was one of those things that, you know, led me in a direction where I went and saying to myself, hey, um, part of my reason for wanting to be a teacher in this case is I'll be out early enough so I can get home to get the kids off the bus or to work on it with homework and stuff like that. And that's all stuff that I know you're already probably pre-planning ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. two or three years down the line, f- five years down the line, when she goes to kindergarten, the other yeah. one's getting off the bus. You got to do homework with them at, you know, five, six, seven, ten 10 years old. You know, it's one of those things that's challenging, but you're up for the task. It sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think anything can be accomplished with enough planning. Yeah. I hundred percent uh, agree. Yeah, you run right. your business like you run your life, right? Everything's planned out. Everything should be on a schedule. You and I were talking about the, the, the iCal and you put it on the calendar and, and make sure you follow it and it works well. Absolutely. I make a plan with somebody and the first thing in my mouth is, hold on, let me put it on the calendar because if it doesn't go on there, it's not going to happen. 100%. And oh, That yeah. is why, because everything has to be scheduled. And, you know, even, I don't know, I feel like... Uh, even if I didn't have the kids, it would probably still be very scheduled. So luckily I'm a schedule oriented person, but it's, it's gotta be for their sake because why, you know, I'm doing the brewery. Yes. Cause I want to, cause I love what I'm doing. I'm also doing it for community, but what else is in my community is my family. Right. And that, that's all got to work together somehow. And at the end of the day, it's, it's gotta be family. 
And you really guys don't. live locally, right? You guys live out on the East End? Yeah, that's. I think that's what makes things a little bit easier is uh, I live in Jamesport some like 15 minutes, 13 minutes nice. from the brewery. Who's counting? Right. Who's and his girlfriend, uh, I mean, prior to having, I guess, uh, maternity leave, does she work full-time job as well? Yes, she does. Uh, yeah. She is a, uh, a physician's physician's assistant yes. for an uh, orthopedist. Okay. Um, yeah. So she, she's going to uh, go back to work at one point. So now you guys got to really have to find a way to balance the out. Fun begins. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> she's she's brilliant. She um, yeah, she's going back to work at uh, the end of April. So that's that's when the real fun begins, or yeah. that's when Nanny gets very busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know what, Nanny Nanny seemed to want that. Nanny yes. was very. She does. Yeah, she does. But but yet again, like it's it's difficult to do everything together. So I feel like that everyone said to me my whole life, it's like, oh, you know, you, you're never ready to have kids. You're never, never ready to have this. You're never. No, you're not. You're right. You're, you're not. You're really not. And honestly, if you sit there thinking about like, oh, when am I going to do this? Oh, I got to make There's sure never that a good time. It's ever. You, you just do it. <laughs> And and first the thing, fire. Yeah. The Pete, same thing goes for Pete, family or Pete, you watch a the, business venture. Show? Yeah, Pete, Pete's gonna be in a little bit of trouble tonight. <laughs> Pete has a one-year-old. Yes, God. Just to give a glimpse into uh to uh, so we're on we're on number three. We had we had our uh our uh recent baby a year ago, uh <clears throat> right before the pandemic. And it's 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 fucking difficult raising raising kids is it's hard. Uh, and, uh, my wife and I both handle it differently. Uh, I always thought like, I'd be the one like cursing in front of the children is like, I foul, foul mouth. Yes, you do. Uh, fucking a couple, like a few weeks ago, uh, uh, our kids are all so different. And, you know, so we have two daughters and they're polar opposites. And the younger daughter is like, is just Jekyll and Hyde fucking, she is either Disney princesses. (laughs) Or like I'm worried she's gonna like cut my throat in the middle of the night. Like, she's the girl from the ring. There's, there's there's no in between. It's just those. Uh, so my wife was reading a bedtime story a few weeks ago, and uh, sweet little girl asked my wife like, "Mommy, is is shit a bad word?" <laughs> and it wasn't from me. So it that's yeah. that I don't believe that. Because it's I don't true. believe that one bit. Not one nope. second. Nope. Not one second. Your wife is a saint, and she doesn't curse like that. <laughs> oh, Rob, what are you drinking right now? That looks dark. Mm. Is it motor oil? Saw that because I took a sip. I was and you about just... to put it down. And I'm like, no, I want another yeah. one. Of those. <laughs> yeah. So this is my, um, I guess my my self promotion on this one. This is Ooh, finally one of my beers. Ah. Now time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a finding a new normal. It's a pastry stout that I did. Ah. And this is. Almost, this is actually probably about a year age now in this can. Nice. Sweet. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, 10%. It's brewed with coconibs, uh, sea salt, and then uh, coconut caramel. Mm. So, using an extract or are we using? Uh... Nope. No. Nope. Everything straight is, up caramel. Yeah, everything is Libby, straight uh, up. All right. So, honestly, how is it tasting after a year? Oh, it's freaking great. That's oh. why I did the double sip. I'm like, oh, baby. Awesome. I also mm. took a portion of this and threw it in a bourbon barrel that I released probably, uh, when did I do that? Maybe three months ago, four months ago. And how uh, much pure Idaho malt is in that beer? Absolutely. Uh, let me you check the fucker, label. You beat me to None. it. You beat None. me to it. Yeah, it usually says everything on the label, what's in there. So 
<laughs> You'll know when it has the pure Idaho. Are you really going to print that on new beer that has the Idaho, the pure Idaho I, in it? No, I, I wouldn't. But <laughs> I, mean, I, might, I think uh, it has to now. <laughs> I, I'll write it on a sharpie and give it to you. That's it, guys. Yeah, he's going to write it on a sharpie and then throw it through my window in my house. <laughs> Just drive by like a paper he's drive by and whip it through my my bay window. Yeah, you know, yeah, how people egg houses. I'm gonna go to Steve's house with <laughs> his potatoes and start chopping your hands. <laughs> and Rob, it doesn't bust open. I could drink it. I'm. I'm cool. <laughs> Can you imagine it just like lands on the living room floor, and your wife goes, "Steve, why is there a potato beer sitting on my <laughs> living room floor? What is going on? What have you done? Too many collabs." Steven. Why are you I'm drinking gonna... potato beers? They're coming back at us. I thought on Halloween we just get shaving cream and that's it. But now we got potato beers? Now we got potato beers. Potato beers. Potatoes. We don't need it. Uh, Rob, listen, you made it through two full hours I did it. with no interruption. And nope. you were you were claiming the worst was going to happen. And to us, it would have been the best because it would have been a lot of fun yeah. to, to watch you deal I with kinda it. I kind of would have liked the here's, screaming child. Make us feel better about the things we went through. Here's our why. children. Here's why. Uh, serious props to Jill. So yeah, I was gonna say your wife's a, a superstar. If, yeah, if anybody out there is feeling um, um, philanthropic, <laughs> please buy my girlfriend something that has allowed this to happen uninterrupted. She before I even came on, I was like, "Hey, like uh, we're gonna do this quick, and then uh, like I'll jump in." She's like, "No, no, no, do this." You're fine. I've got this. I'm like, you are awesome. Thank Atta you. girl. So the only reason this is happening is because Jill <laughs> is so fucking awesome. Thanks, and Jill. Then the next two hours of your life are going to be just nightmares. She's going to hand her, hand her off to you. Well, no. I mean, it's, that's then, then now. it's not nightmarish, but it's... Well, I mean, be sleeping till I don't know three, four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, but you here's play the hard thing. work. None of you have to know about it. It's right. just going <laughs> exactly. to happen. It's going to be like a dream. <laughs> Rob, I want you to give us the big plug for the brewery uh, again. Uh, talk about the opening date. Tell us what we're going to have on tap. Give us all the connections where people get in touch with you. Follow you on uh, social media. Ooh. And uh, everything that people need to f follow and be on in order to get the latest from Uber Geek. Wow, that's a lot. All right, I'll, I'll try to remember that. Uh, so <laughs> yes, Uber Geek Brewing Company uh, grand opening is April second. That is a Friday. Uh, we will have food trucks. We'll have a ton of beer on tap. Mm. Um, probably like nine different beers. Yes, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, the tag is like Uber Geek Brewing or something like that. You'll find it. Google search it. Yeah, you'll yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, we're really excited to have you there. And this is uh it's a passion project that's coming to fruition. And it uh it couldn't have been done without the help of all of you. Uh this whole thing started through wholesale, and uh, you know, there's enough of you out there that want it, so we're doing this, and let's just keep rolling this throughout the years. So fantastic. Cheers. Oh. Rob, really appreciate you being on the show and giving us and devoting us your time away from your family and away from the you know the industry and the, and the brewing process and your business. Um, thank you so much for hosting us on Saturday. We had a hell of a lot of fun, especially yeah. hanging out with everybody and uh, meeting the family. And uh, we really wish you the best of luck. We'll be out there on opening weekend, enjoying everything that you have to offer to the Riverhead community. 
And uh, again, if people want to get in touch with you, go to uh, Uber Geek Brewing and just go ahead and type into Google search and they'll find on all the social media, on their website and all that other good stuff. So thank you very much, sir. And thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys are yeah, great. Man. And this uh, this show will be in podcast form probably starting tomorrow, sometime in the late afternoon, where people can tune in and find all about find out about all the beers and everything that's going on. So check it out on all your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, we're going to get out of here. So, Steve, uh, give us a little little dingy about what you got going on there. My little thingy. What no, no, I didn't say that. Tell us all I said, it, please give us a little liner like you usually do because you're oh. a sweet, sweet man that has good one liners. You know, I wasn't really prepared, but oh, you have something new. Please give really out know. Idaho, pure Idaho malt. <laughs> yeah. If you could get pure Idaho, it better be pure Idaho malt. That's right. <laughs> Steve, uh, thank you very much. Pete, what do we got? Don't forget to have your pet spayed or neutered. That's right. This is The Word with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Instagram, on our Facebook, on our YouTube, and, of course, on our homepage, GovsRadio.com. Check us out and check out all the shows on GovsRadio.com. And we'll see you in two weeks for our buddies from Massapequa Park, Motion Brewing Company, going to be on the show. We'll holla. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Please hang up and try again. Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.